We'll now call to order City Council budget work session. Uh, Mr. Clerk, do you want to read the Chamber Emergency Evacuation Plan announcement and then we will handle the motion for electronic meeting participation? Yes, sir, Mr. President. Upon activation of the emergency alarm signal, all persons should immediately exit the building. Please use the exits to the left or right front of the council chamber or the east or west stairwell outside the rear doors of the chamber. Do not use elevators or escalators. After exiting the building, proceed to the assembly area located in front of the Department of Social Services building at 900 East Marshall Street. Citizens and employees should assist visually and hearing impaired visitors with exiting the building. And Mr. President, for the record, all members of council are in the attendance with the exception of Mr. Addison and currently Vice President Nye is awaiting to join the meeting in Microsoft Teams. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, pursuant to Rule 3D, subsection 4B of council's rules of procedure, Vice President Kristen Nye has made a request to participate in this meeting via Microsoft Teams from her home due to a medical condition that prevents her physical attendance. Council members present must adopt a motion to approve Vice President Nye's participation in this meeting by electronic communication means if it appears to the body that her request complies with Rule 3D of the Council's Rules of Procedures. At this time, pursuant to Rule 3D, subsection 4D of Council's Rules of Procedure, is there a motion from those council members physically assembled approving Vice President Nye's participation in this meeting by electronic communication means. So moved. Second. Second. Council is voting on the motion for electronic participation. Ms. Jordan? Aye. Ms. Lambert? Aye. Ms. Robertson? Ms. Lynch? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Ms. Newbill? Aye. And President Jones? All right. That motion was approved. Thank you, Mr. Clerk, and we welcome uh, our colleague, and we, we wish her uh, a speedy, very speedy recovery. Um, we shall begin uh, today's meeting. We'll have a continued discussion and finalization for Council final proposed budget amendments uh, for the proposed FY24 uh, Richmond government uh, budget. And so I will put us in the capable hands of our chief of staff, Ms. Leticia Holmes. Thank you, Ms. Holmes, for being here today. Thank you, President Jones, Vice President Nye on the line, and distinguished members of council. Um, as you have indicated, this is a recap. Um, is where I'll start and then I will pause um, at any given point in between CIP and um, operating. But it's a recap and then we'll go into text amendments. So with that being said, you'll remember that you had 12 um, general phone proposed amendments to which we added two additional ones from revenue amendments to the general fund. Um, as you recall, this is what was provided to you in, in the front end. You had some conversations last um, meeting on Wednesday um, to discuss these items and see if there was any opportunity for them to be funded alternatively. Um, and there was an agreement and a consensus um, arrived at. So I'm not going to go through each of the slides. Um, but what you will 
currently find out is that we had, or let me back up, we proposed fund, three funding options to move forward. Two were provided by staff um, and one was provided by administration should you be um, amenable to their responses. Um, so as a result, where we ultimately landed was a consensus to balance um, the budget based on bringing in the non-departmental non revenue reserve and increased revenues from um, a transfer from debt service of $4 million to be able to cover the items um, that you agreed you would like to have covered. So that being said, it's just a quick recap and update of where we were when it came to the general fund. I will pause in case there's any additional detail or comments that you would like to make. All right, I'm moving forward to the capital improvement program. So similarly, um, a consensus was arrived at. Um, the administration came forward to answer to the 23 items that were included in the capital improvement program. Um, of those items, um, it found itself where it fell out that no additional increases in terms of adding additional money or decreasing money from any other space was um, arrived at. There was consensus arrived at in terms of being able to fund the items through alternative means. Um, and the edict when uh, walking away of the directive was that the administration would provide more detailed responses um, for all of the items included in capital improvement program to indicate how they were um, funding them alternatively. That is forthcoming, um, but the consensus was if you received that and you were okay with where they landed in terms of being able to fund them alternatively um, and not through the capital improvement program um, in the way that you had requested that you were okay moving forward. So consensus was arrived there um, in regards to that. So I will again pause, not gonna go through each of the slides, but if there's something that someone um, in your discussions and or um, offline had some comments, questions or concerns about, I think it's important for me to pause. Dr. Newbill. Thank you, uh, uh, President Jones, uh, Ms. Holmes and administration just want to make sure that on slide nine, we have East Broad Street and seven district RPS. My understanding is that those were included uh, uh, and would be covered out of the funds that are uh, referenced in the administration response line item. Just wanted to make sure. So I am still awaiting the administration's responses um, back with the additional details that they provided you at this meeting. I will pause myself to see if they would like to come forward and have a you know a quick response to that. Slide. She's talking. Slide nine. Carrington and Seventh District. <laughs> My understanding is that East Broad Street and 7th District RPS sites were um, addressed and would be included. Yes, I believe um, part of what, uh, sorry, Lincoln Saunders, Chief Administrative Officer for the city. Um, the uh, requests here have been, um, and I would say Council Member Newbill, um, I think one of the items you were looking for us to provide that further clarity on was Jefferson Avenue, for example. Um, but if I'm, I'm not speaking to your specific request, let me know. Um, we are working well, to update the spreadsheet with some of those specifics. Um, oh, okay. So, well, I, this had not been updated. So maybe on your spreadsheet, those two items will be addressed. 
as yes. well as Jefferson Avenue and delineation of the time frame. Yes, we, okay. we, we understood from council they wanted to see uh, some more specifics on yes. some lines where it can be provided. Okay. Uh, we will work to do that. Um, we just, quite frankly, just weren't able to get all of that, particularly on the okay. street side of things um, okay. for today. And that, that falls more okay. on my shoulders than anything. My fault. As long as they're in there. Thank you. Ms. Jordan. Thank you, President Jones. Um, yeah, if we could go back to the wayfinding study, um, you know, there's always more meetings than we can all attend at the same time. At this, you know, planning commission is underway right now, and they are um, discussing the elimination of parking minimums. One of the things that, as we, um, as my office has worked with some other offices, highly impacted by, um, you know, compressed parking in our more dense neighborhoods, we've had. I think we have very constructive conversations with parking staff at the city about the real need for an update of our permitted parking districts. Um, you know, I think those ordinances are about 50 years old. Um, they vary a little bit neighborhood to neighborhood, but I'm wondering if there is a way to add to this um, amendment here, um, a consultant to look at our neighborhood permitted parking program. Um, and I think there's also you know, a real opportunity when it comes to citywide about how we are managing our decks, um, you know, future strategy for where we might want to, um, you know, try and better leverage um, an opportunity to create increased revenues from our parking lots, and as well as looking future forward on trying to uh, make some revenue from EV infrastructure. So uh, I realize it's a little bit late in the game uh, to be bringing this up, but we're still talking about budget and was wondering if um, there was a response from administration. Thank you. Mr. Saunders, would you like to speak to that? Um, I will do Please, my best. I will do my best. Um, if it's, if I can have a little bit of time just to confer with the team on that, but um, I think if I can just speak high level to the, the intent, um, uh, reviewing parking, uh, particularly the, the Parking permit program, et cetera, I think is a high administration priority. Um, we also do have RVA connects as a you know uh, planning process underway now that I believe this will will tie into well. Mm -hmm. um, if we need to look at upping up upping the focus on parking within that that broader work, but just at a high level, um, I think I hear the the thought and my first my. First instinct is to think that we could incorporate that into uh, this work or into pulling some additional threads together from from other planning processes that are underway to make sure that we focus on our um, park, parking planning and maximizing um, the assets and opportunity there. Okay, yeah, so the idea would be uh, building on the work and recommendations from the Desmond study in Richmond 300 that called for amending the parking permit program. And I think that the number that we had heard back from uh, some staff was three hundred thousand dollars. I, 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 it's dangerous to make commitments without just checking <laughs> with folks first. Right. Um, but uh, again, my instinct says that's something we'll be able to accommodate. And if it's not, I'll let you know uh, as soon as possible. Okay. And then I had a question about. Uh, so I know some of the the revenues that we're using to balance the budget here are from um, money that's accruing since we haven't been able to employ the ARPA funds yet. Was that the full amount or is there even more money accruing that could be accessed? 
that's the full amount that we're comfortable. Um, I think that finance is comfortable will be accrued. Again, this is um, an estimate, but mm -hmm. um, we do believe that that's, you know, an accurate estimate. Okay, but that was just the number to balance it based on the budget amendments we put in, right? So theoretically, there's more money that has, no? no. Not theoretically. That's the whole thing? No. Um, all of this is a projection. Okay. Um, as you know, I would say, um, let me just be clear, we did not just find revenues to balance the budget. Um, we were working to get amendments down to the point where that incremental revenue would cover the amendments. So we still had a lot of, um, you know, working with council members and, um, you know, things like the OPEB liability, et cetera, um, would have resulted in a, in a gap if they had been moved forward. And so, okay, so the 1 million reserve came after the application of the ARPA? Well, the one million, yes, the one million okay. reserve is actually um, that was in the budget as proposed, mm -hmm. um, as a bit of a placeholder for either balancing revenues or to help up with closing the gap on amendments. The interest funding was one that um, the calculations or the, the that estimate had not been provided prior to budget introduction. It was kind of a uh, analysis that was done after budget introduction of, of what we could anticipate in future revenue okay. uh, for the fiscal year based on that interest of what's in the account. It's not uh, one we normally budget for because we don't normally have such a large balance uh, in our um, accounts. Okay. I had a, a question about the DCAR plan, but want to let someone else ask a question and I can wait. Uh, unless you want to deal with it in another portion of, okay. of today, you okay. Feel free. Um, thank you. Then, so for the decarbonation plan, I did notice today that the city was a recipient of ten million dollars to help with, um, I guess, our natural gas pipes from, Correct. which is great. So congratulations, that's terrific. I'm just wondering if that ten million dollars then frees up any other funds within this current budget because. It seems like when we get large unexpected dollar amounts, we aren't always able to actually spend them right away within a calendar year. So I was wondering if there's any implication on on this year's budget and if there are any other earmarks. Um, I don't think we ever got the list that we asked for about what earmarks were asked for. Yes, I can get I can get you that list. Mm -hmm. um, I can probably pull it up here shortly. Um, uh, CSO, I know, was one um, speaking with the with Congresswoman McClellan. Um, and I'll just have, and I think Dock Street was the other one uh, that was prioritized. Um, look further completing that um, acquisition and, um, you know, turning it into the, the space we wanted to see. So I can get you that list, but those were the two that were prioritized. Okay. Thank you. Ms. Trammell, did you, did you, did you light up? I didn't know if y'all, because I had to leave early the other day, but I didn't know if we had talked about the Walmsley, but the sidewalks, because Saturday almost saw um, somebody got, some, someone almost got hit again on Walmsley Boulevard, because there's no sidewalks. They're walking from Woodland Crossing over there to the 7-Eleven, and 
Um, and these were children. Um, Mr. Trammell, I, let, if, if I could just have a little time on this one, I thought we were kind of expecting to focus more on the text amendment. So um, some of our operations staff are on their way. So let me just get that clarification. But I think we had suggested that um, Walmsley was one we anticipated being able to support within our complete streets funding. Because it says repairs, but there. Uh, yeah, I think that this needs to be updated with those specifics that I was speaking when Dr. New asked her question, just to give council more clarity uh, on what will be planned for and, and completed in the fiscal year. Thank you. But I believe we're we're saying we should be able to take care of that. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Trim. Uh, Ms. Holmes. So again, um, when we went through the CRP program amendments, um, the discussion that had ensued was that you all were in consensus with moving forward pending you received the information from um, administration with regards to what those updates would be and it being more delineated exactly what they were going to do. In absence of that, my question would be, how do you want to proceed? Anyone have any questions or comments or concerns as it relates to the text amendment? Uh, Dr. Newbill? If I, I may, let me be clear because I thought we were going to be in receipt of a document that captured the additional um, agreements in terms of changes um, that the administration um, had incorporated. So is something going to be forthcoming and okay. It's forthcoming. So I'm expecting that. We'll take a look at that. And then if there's still some items not included, then there would be discussion as opposed to just going through here because we've already discussed that. And Robertson. Um, thank you, Dr. Jones. Mr. President. Uh, are we looking at, did you ask about text amendments? We didn't get to the text amendments just yet. We're still in CIP. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I assumed that CIP was done. Or that. Okay. So, so, so just, just, just hold on. I'm, I'm sorry. I got my signals crossed. Are we ready to move on from yes. text amendment on two text amendments from CIP? Um, are we ready to move on to, we finished with CIP is your question. That is the question, yes ma'am. All right, so with CIP, um, there is there was not an amendment that I'm aware of as it relates to, but I'm hearing that we are gonna be challenged as it relates to the adequate funding in the CIP budget and probably general fund budget as well as was well rich and public schools. And I just wanted to raise whether or not that was something we need to at least be fully aware of what we are funding for rich and public schools, both CIP and general fund. Do we want to address uh, uh, Mr. Saunders 
RPS and how they fit into the budget and So as I believe um, was shared when we gave our first initial overview, the, the funding for RPS, um, first starting on the capital side, um, the capital CIP budgeting, I believe, has three line items that are relevant to RPS, uh, $2.5 million for capital maintenance, $15 million reserve for um, the any shortfall for the replacement and rebuilding of uh, Fox Elementary School, and then the 200 million um, school uh, construction funds um, that has been part of our, our planning for school capital for some time. Uh, on the general fund side, um, looking at the team 21, 221 million in funding for Richmond Public Schools. I think that's a net increase of 21 million. Um, that cal the calculation to arrive at 21 million uh, was applied uh, where a uh, equal percentage uh, was applied to how much RPS's budget grew as to how much the city's overall budget grew. Uh, so um, again, that, that calculation came out to 21 million. Um, largest increase we've seen in I think many, many years, if if not the largest ever, uh, year over year funding for Richmond Public Schools. Uh, overall, in the last, during this mayor's term, RPS funding has increased by, um, you know, if this 21 million is approved, 50% uh, since um, the mayor's first term. Um, I don't know if there's much more context I can give. I know that they have, um, they are hoping for more state funding. Um, there's a significant difference between the House budget and the Senate budget for how much they would provide to school systems. The Senate is proposing to close the gap on how much the state is funding the standards of quality, uh, whereas the House is looking to provide more um, in, in other forms of spending and or um, tax cuts. And so uh, I think RPS is, is likely challenged by the fact that state's not proposing that they will have a budget until the very end of June, um, which certainly puts all localities and school systems in a tough spot. But uh, so I read an article last week that during the reconvene session, the leaders of the House and Senate appropriations made it clear it was very unlikely that um, they would have a resolution on the budget until after uh, the June primaries. And so um, we will remain optimistic and continue to advocate for the state to fall closer to where the Senate is with their budget to increase funding for Richmond Public Schools. Uh, but we certainly believe that the city's funding from RPS uh, is a uh, fair and equitable way to propose their funding going forward. So then I, I will I will pose the same question to us again. Um, are we prepared uh, at this point to to move on from CIP, close the chapter on CIP, and move over into the text amendments? Just head nods help. That, that works. All right. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So in that movement forward, please keep in the back of your mind what I believe the consensus was is that you will be moving forward with the, the CIP um, from a from a agreed upon place 
contingent on you receive those details from administration. Um, a date, I think you should potentially establish a date in, in terms of when to receive them after we go through the text amendments and we get to the end of the presentation. So the proposed text amendments, we have kind of gone through these in a couple different iterations. I will bring your attention to the very first one on your slide. It has the wrong um, information. There's an error there. So I will read to you what it should say. Um, and it should say, if the public defenders receive the proposed funding in the state budget, we are asking the allocated city funds be authorized be authorization for two case manager positions and three paralegals within the public defender's office. Um, legal advice has provided that um, that is not necessarily something that we could do, but I do want to pause um, for an opportunity through you, Mr. Jones, to offer any 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 comments, any questions. So that one would be one that we would not introduce, but wanted it to be noted. The public defenders, yes, yeah, sorry. Ms. Lambert. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, Ms. Holmes, I just wanted a question about the African burial ground. Um, so- but, but hold on, let, let me stop you real quick and deal with the ones you wanted to move on from as related to oh. um, prosecuting. prosecuting. Oh, okay. Ms. Lynch, but, but, but oh, we will come back to gotcha, you. Gotcha, no worries. Ms. Lynch. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I understand that we're in a posture where we do not have um, the governor's budget before us, so it's a little challenging to understand um, what is going to come out in the wash as it relates to the funding, the proposed funding that is in for um, to compensate for the additional um, pay increases that the city has been picking up the tab for thus far. Um, the idea here was, so should that um, budget amendment passed in the governor's budget that that would that money that we're currently allocating towards um, towards the pay increases would actually get reallocated to support FTEs within the public defender's office. And the reason why that was so critical is because the public defender's office only has one paralegal to review thousands of hours of evidence case and, and do casework. Um, and so oftentimes our public defenders are stretched extremely, extremely thin to try and support um, their the, their individual cases. Um, in addition to the paralegal, having a, a, a it wouldn't be a social worker as an, an LCS, a clinical licensed social worker, but a case manager who can help with all those kind of tertiary needs that they're um, that their clients face because these are often clients that are on the mental health or the drug docket. They have very, they have no support in that office right at, as it stands now um, to support uh, those individuals. And so that, that was the, the concept of the text amendment. I would like to understand why we're not um, including it. I heard that there might be some um, question around the legality of the language, but, as I understand it, a text amendment is fairly flexible. So I just want to drill down on that a little bit more. Is that something uh, city attorney's office wishes to opine on?
And, and do me a favor, uh, Ms. Grewey. Yeah, just hit that red button. There you go. Do it is to amend the budget later to accept the funds when they're received from the state. Yeah. Would be, I think, the best way to do that. Okay. Did you hear me? Okay. I think the best way to do it is to amend the budget later to accept the funds when we receive them from the state. So instead of having, we would keep. Having inside forever. So the so then that would I guess my understanding would be that we keep the general fund disbursement going to that office. And then we actually take the what would be coming down from the state and reallocate that through the amendment process. Do a budget. Do a budget amendment. That's right. Okay. Okay. As long as we get to the same goal. Okay, thank you, Mr. Chair. So for Any, you, yeah. I have a question about this. Yes, ma'am. Um, Ms. Lambert. Ms. Jury, um, with this uh, budget amendment, because I was a little confused about this, just trying to understand um, if it's not included now, like you said, make it a budget amendment in the in the future. Uh, will this be something that we have to fund every year? I just want to make sure if the funding is coming from the state, we don't need this in our budget for next year because we shouldn't be funding this, you know, for the future because this isn't. This is just a one-time thing, because that's where I was concerned of, you know, they're being funded by the state, and we are utilizing city funds to compensate the gap. But like you said, the budget doesn't have to be amended until we actually receive the funds. Um, I just want to make sure, Ms. Lynch, if we have to fund this every year, are we going to have to fund this every year with this? Go ahead. I'm not aware of any reason that we would have to fund it every year. Okay. If we do a budget amendment, accepting it when this when we have the state money. Okay. Um, but I, and for point of clarification, what we're asking for, Councilmember Lambert, is additional staff positions that you that would be recurring. So we would augment their current staff because, as I mentioned, they only have one paralegal. Um, so we would instead of this appropriation being um, it's a net net instead of this appropriation going to what is currently their their salary increases. If the governor's budget passes with as introduced and we don't know what the delta is right like we we don't know whether or not that's going to be equal to less than or more than what the city is currently subsidizing. But if it does pass what we what this text meant the the um, the conceptual you know the, the concept behind this amendment would be that we would reappropriate that money that is currently going to that dis disbursement to account for their pay increases and we would be giving them additional FTEs so the money is continuing to go to that office now instead of it going to salary increases it would just go to create some newly very very desperately needed positions in that office okay and so the state will be funding those positions down the road no no so that's that's why i just wanted to make sure who's going to be funding these positions you're trying to create with this amendment 
So right now we're you you know you're you're allocating 1.127 of non-departmental money in the world if if this budget amendment I mean if the governor's budget passes you would continue to spend that same appropriation but it would be reallocated towards FTEs it's not new revenue I mean it's not you can't necessarily look at it like you're accruing a savings at least that's we're we're trying to my intent here was to continue to try and capture that 1.12 in non-departmental to bolster and support that office with those staff positions. I just want to be clear that we're not supporting it down the road if we don't have to. So thank you. I appreciate the clarification. We're good. Um, yeah, if I may, I will say um, I think it's important context in this case. Uh, and Mr. Gordon can can jump in if he'd like. But um, so first of all, I, I would say I agree that um, perhaps the best way to account for this is to wait and see, right? Because if there is no funding for the pay parity, then you know our funding stays in to accomplish the goal that council approved over the last two years. Uh, if it is not necessary, um, I would recommend that we. Um, continue conversations that have begun between our Office of Human Services and uh, the um, public defenders, because uh, I know that uh, Mr. Gordon's team has met with them and discussed how we can support from a case management aspect as well. Um, as you know, we're funding case management in a number of different streams, and we're working to make sure all those streams connect um, so that we can get people the help they need, but we're not having to necessarily silo it and have and not have folks connected in from a housing perspective and a, a family support perspective uh, in addition to the case management and support that citizens need when they are um, in uh, a situation where they're relying needing the help of a public defender as well um, so we think that maybe there could be some synergy uh, between our efforts and and get a sense of what either um, the the need is and having some more time for that may be helpful to uh, revisit this once we know what the state budget does. Ms. Holmes? So if I understand this correctly, this one will not move forward in this way. We will make sure that we get it moving forward um, in a future date. The next three um, appear to be um, ready to move forward. Um, I will pause in case anyone would like to speak to any of them, but my understanding is that all three of those are ready to be able to put forward as text amendments. Ms. Lambert, I want to come back to you. You had a question about a uh, particular text amendment. Yeah, I just wanted to get clarification. The um, Fifth Street African Burial Ground is going to be included in all of the um, historical sites. Is that correct? Ms. Holmes told me I might as well just stay standing. Um, yeah, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the short answer is, is yes, we um, will look at we will we can include the fifth street burial ground as a uh site for archaeological work uh through this effort i do think we may also be looking at other potential funding sources that could be complementary but it's no harm it's certainly no harm that if other paths for getting that archaeological work are done and it doesn't fall to this capital line but we'll by including it here we can make sure that it happens okay 
I just want to make sure, because that's right at the border of my district and my colleague to my right's district, and um, we just want to make sure that's all representative. Thank you. Madam Robertson. Uh, thank you, Dr. Jones, Mr. President. Um, so I'm not sure what that statement not provided means. Um, I, uh, but I wanted to thank thank uh, Ms. Lambert for the clarification on the Fifth Street uh, tax amendment uh, and the amendment as it relates to the allocation of the $10 million uh, for the Affordable Housing Trust Fund, the new language that would be added. Uh, my understanding from the administration, we all support that. Uh, we are looking for um, a more extensive board that would cover all of the sources of funds that we use for housing for the city. Um, we are in discussion about that, but that's not at the current time. And when that happens, we may have to come back and do an amendment to, but at that time we will be also readdressing the Affordable Housing Trust Fund Advisory Board as well. So um, my understanding is that the amendment is fine as it is written, uh, but I'm not sure, not provided as to what that means. Excuse me. So not provided generally just means that it doesn't, it's budget neutral. There's, it's not going from an actual line item that you had provided that you wanted us to consider, right? We're going to push forward the amendment. If there is a line item that we should be considering, then this is the opportunity to tell us. But when we requested the text amendments, you didn't have that at the time or your staff didn't have it at the time. Okay, so I'm, specific I'm, having, I'm having difficulty hearing you, but I'm sorry. I just want to be clear. You're saying not provided because there isn't a line item particular? Not, not provided meant that it was not provided to us at the time that it was submitted. So the line item would be in the capital improvement budget where it is indicated $10 million per mm -hmm. year for bonding. This is descriptive for affordable housing. So we're clear on that. Yes, that's okay. Yes, ma'am. All righty. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So then the next two are pushed forward by Ms. Nye, who is on um, virtually. Um, again, this first, this one for the transfer, the 1.4 million. Um, I believe that there was um, consensus to move forward with that one. No additional discussion, I think, was needed around that. Oh, sure. Um, Mr. President, if you'll indulge me just for a quick second, I just want to say, uh, as you all know, we've had a lot of conversations about the Ambulance Authority and, and trying to get co to consensus. Also, um, we greatly appreciate the work of Accenture and the Robert Bob Group on the assessment. Um, administration, we are supporting this tax amendment to transfer the funds to their account. Um, uh, Jeff Gray in my office, who's serving as the project manager on implementing that um, uh, assessment from the city side, which is also has you know uh, a implementation side from RAA. Um, We've had a lot of great progress on moving forward with those um, uh, recommendations. And so um, 
in light of that, we're in support of this uh, transition at this time. We've had a lot of progress even between budget introduction and today on that study uh, recommendations moving forward. Good question, um, Mr. Chair and Mr. Saunders, you can come back to the mic. You just might as well just stay right there. Um, with this transfer, this won't come out of non-departmental in the future. Is this what that means? We had two lines in the mayor's proposed budget related to the Richmond Ambulance Authority. There was the $4 million, which was equal to the operating subsidy provided last year in one line, and then an additional $1.4, which made up the difference between their budget request of $5.4 and the $4 million held as a reserve, waiting for feedback and or responses to the uh, assessment that was conducted. So okay. we, the teams have been working uh, in the weeks both prior to and since budget introduction. Um, I do have an update that I'm going to look to forward to council based on those discussions here shortly that just shows the progress being made on that assessment. Okay, thank you. Ms. Holmes. So the next one, um, I believe we probably have to get Ms. Nye um, on to discuss because she collapses from this one into the next one um, that is on the screen where she would like to earmark the first 10% of extra FY23 budget surplus dollars for OPEB liability as well as for collective bargaining. So that was a late breaking addition and I imagine she would want to have an opportunity to speak to it. Ms. Nye, if you are available and able, please feel free to unmute your device. Okay, thank you, President Jones. Can everybody hear me? We can hear you. Okay, great. So, um, yes, I rewrote this text amendment regarding the FY23 budget surplus dollars to include um, details on some money going to OPEB per our discussion last Wednesday. So uh, the I worked with the administration to allow, to honor what they had proposed in the budget regarding the OPEB and retirement, um, retiree uh, investment. However, we agreed that in September we would look at that again and if additional funds are needed um, this text amendment amendment speaks to that that the funds could come off the top of the surplus dollars then the second part of this is related to my original text amendment which is if if those funds are not used or if there is excess after the OPEB dollars are allocated, then the additional funds would be put in a special fund and reserved for collective bargaining negotiations if needed. So it's a two-part thing related to the first 10% of the fiscal year 23 surplus funds. I know it's a little uh, wordy and I apologize for that but I did want to include the details on OPEB since we had discussed it and I thought it would be good to put it 
here in writing. Thank you. Mr. President, um, I had a couple questions that I think, and again, we're just seeing the combined version for the first time now. Um, but my first question would be more for the city attorney. Uh, it's my understanding that we would need to still, what we had suggested both in conversations, whether it be with um, Councilmember Newbill about the um, retiree bonus, et cetera, that uh, we would look to work, collaborate with council on a revised surplus policy, which as council is aware was adopted in 2017 is so is by code and would require an ordinance to change our surplus policy. Um, so I'm just wondering whether this can be done as a budget tax amendment or if we need to bring forward um, a surplus policy for discussion that could, I would suggest perhaps holistically look at um, whether it be um, the current funding that uh, surplus goes to between unassigned balances and capital maintenance to um, OPEB, um, collective bargaining, retiree bonuses. It, there's a, a few different streams that are trying to be prioritized here. And so we just thought maybe bringing forward a revised policy with some new percentages and thresholds could help achieve that. Um, so that's my first question. The second question is um, for Vice President Nye, when um, stating that the, the goal would be for the funds to be set aside for collective bargaining negotiations. Um, my question, which has also a statement attached to it, is uh, if the funds are to be set aside for covering like our legal expenses from collective bargaining, um, that could likely be um, workable because uh, we're talking about what could be viewed as um, one time expenses or just additional funding for that that cost, given that the um, agreements are going to be for a three-year, you know, ten-year timeline. Um, but uh, we know that a lot of the impacts of collective bargaining will be on things that are recurring costs. So using one-time funding to fund um, to put funding aside for the next budget for implementing collective bargaining contracts um, presents some challenges from the alignment of setting aside one-time money for what will be recurring expenditures. So, you know, uh, collective bargaining would not be the first place I would recommend um, surplus dollars go to because of the one-time nature versus us needing to budget for them as recurring costs. Um, but all that aside, I think the, the larger issue is just needing to work with council on a revised surplus policy that captures all of the various priorities um, into one policy. Go back to Ms. Nye and allow Ms. Nye to, uh, to respond, and then we'll go to Ms. Robertson, Ms. Lambert, and then Dr. Newbill. Uh, thank you, President Jones. Um, so regarding the uh, fund, fund balance policy revision, um, I'm sorry to everybody, I'm a little foggy today, but um, Regarding that revision, I am open to those discussions with administration. However, I don't think that should slow us down in our text amendments. That revision is going to take months. And um, like I said, I'm happy to work with other council members as well as administration to look at that. But I don't think that, that should stop um, any of these text amendments related to the fund balance. 
additionally, regarding the uh, collective bargaining negotiations, yes, we can specifically say it would be for one-time um, needs, and we could also, you know, put a date on it. Like if the funds aren't used by X date, then they just revert back into the general fund or revert back to other city needs or something like that. I know this is fluid because we don't know we don't know um, when negotiations are going to start. We don't know how long they're going to take. It is a just a, a token of good faith to show that the city is invested in doing that and wants to support our employees. Um, and um, I also think using it for some of our um, expenses and that sort of thing. I certainly would be would be fine. I certainly do not want progress to be halted because we don't have money in the budget to support the support functions that we need in the city for these negotiations uh, with collective bargaining. Thank you. Mr. Robertson. Mr. Jones, Dr. Jones, um, I'm not really sure if I'm following. It's a little difficult to hear exactly the explanation with the uh, setting aside or putting a placeholder on projected revenues that we um, may be able to identify, you know, at some later stage. And I guess my concern is not knowing what that revenue is going to be and whether or not there's a possibility that we can, um, since after we adopted the budget and not being able to make any amendments, all amendments comes from the administration. And each year we've, I find that we, uh, we are subjected to whatever amendments come to us versus, and so trying to put a placeholder on revenues that we haven't identified uh, as to whether or not we could, and whether or not we could have the capacity as a part of this budget, putting in um, an amendment, Dr. Jones, that freezes any amendments on surplus that those dollar amounts have to come back to council and we have a budget work session for amendments based on surplus for the entire dollar amount as to whether or not legally we could put something like that in place and then that gives council an opportunity to look at the priorities that we have in place uh, at the time the situation that is going on at the time and also open open the opportunity for a budget work session for amendment based on surpluses. I, we may need legal advice as to whether or not we could do that. Ms. Lambert. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you to my colleague um, in the six for mentioning that. Um, you know, I totally uh, agree with the administration on updating the policy. 
Um, I think that's necessary. Um, I would suggest that uh, we do take a budget session to look at our shared priorities when it comes to surplus dollars. Um, and I just feel like most of our shared priorities, this is where the surplus should go to after we've discussed what those priorities are. And maybe we can discuss that um, during our retreat over the summer so that we can prepare for the next budget session. So that's just my thoughts. But um, with this amendment, I just feel as though our priorities should be listed so we know exactly where we want to send the surplus to. Right now, um, OPEC liability is definitely a necessity, um, but to just put it for collective bargaining and nothing else, I'm just thinking about a lot of mental health needs and things that we got going on, which are huge priorities for our city right now, too. So tough decision, but I just think changing the policy is a priority for us that we should look at. Thank you. Ms. Dr. Newbill. Or I'm sorry, did you want to address something at this point, Ms. Sanders? I, I think, and, and to address a, um, one, I believe, concern raised by Vice President Nye that you've also just spoke to, but um, I think it's important for council to know that um, the timeline by which we would have to change our surplus policy is by July 1st. Um, we have to update our surplus policy for it to be what is in effect when the end of the fiscal year takes place at June 30th. And so, um, I know that addressing surplus policy will take work and, and take um, some time, but I just wanted to add that there is a real deadline to getting that done, that if we want to change the surplus from the current 50-40-10 uh, split that it is today between unassigned maintenance and, uh, and kind of discretion or amendment based, um, we would need to get that done by July 1st for it to be effective for this coming year surplus. And so all the more reason to say that I think we all have a, a opportunity to come together and, and make that change in policy um, and get that you know total consensus about what what the waterfall should be of funds. Um, but because we have that July 1st deadline, it'll it'll force us to get it done quickly. Ms. Sons, I'm glad you brought that up. How long what, refresh our memory? 504010, we got we 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 implemented that when? I believe that amendment was passed in early 2017. Um, I think it was one of your former colleagues who introduced that as a proposal. And again, this is uh, this is code section. So um, I believe it was introduced by a council member and approved by council. Um, so while administration, we would certainly want to collaborate on that prioritization. Uh, unlike, as Ms. Robertson has said, council has, you know, on budget amendments, limited authority to introduce on this policy, council has ultimate authority. Dr. Newbill. Thank you, President Jones. There's one item before mine, so I'll wait until you've dealt with that. Okay, so the next item is the new fleet purchases um, prioritization and looking to Mr. Ryan because I feel as though we landed in a place that I'm not 100% clear how you would like to move forward. If you were pulling it back, you were updating it, how you intended to move forward on that. And, so and, through and, and if I could, I, I apologize. How are we gaining a pathway forward through these? Are we just, is the goal to just discuss these and, and move forward? Or are you looking for consensus on whether or not we move forward with these or not? I don't want to 
I don't want us to, to get down the road and then circle back unless I'm misunderstanding something. No, no, I think you understand well. So the consensus is that the idea is that we would get consensus on them, the ones that we need to move forward um, on. And so this, the one that we just spoke about, um, I think it also impacts um, Dr. Newbills. Um, and so she's waiting. So I felt like we needed to come back to it um, because she deferred to Ms. Jordan. All right, but so, so if we could, just we'll read through because we, we don't have that many. Well, this is the last page of them, and then we yeah. just go back and then look at what consensus as far as pushing uh, them through to the next process. Yes, sir. Next phase. All right, thank you. Sorry about that. Just want a clarification. So through you, I'm asking Ms. Jordan if she wanted to um, talk about the prioritization of the electrical vehicles, the fleet purchases. Through you. But she hasn't lined up her. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you, President Jones. Um, yes. Yeah, so, Ms. Holmes, could you just, you know, for the benefit of those who are trying to follow along, this was the text amendment I proposed. Um, can you supply the administration's response? Yes. I apologize. Administration's response was they would like to move forward um, with this as an opportunity to do a SOP um, so that the the prioritization is there. I believe your understanding is that it is laid out in the Green Fleet plan, but they wanted more opportunity to standardize what that approach would be through an SOP. Um, because there are some times when you prioritize the vehicles. I feel like I hear them coming. <laughs> um, when you prioritize the vehicles, there are other considerations that need to be made. So I will pause and see if you want additional support or information from Mr. Saunders. Well, it's like um, administration would like to provide some additional context, so I will yield. Thank you. Um, I think, again, I think we support the, the principle and goal behind this amendment. Um, we just want to, through an SOP, establish um, what the decision points are that allows us to move forward to other options, be it um, availability, cost, et cetera. Um, we, you know, in a in a more extreme version where where the city was were to say or council were to say you can only buy X, right, the EVs, um, but we can't get them for three years. Or the cost of one fire truck being an EV is the cost of three, and we really need to be able to purchase three this year. Mm -hmm. And so, just wanting, I mean, I think when it comes to, uh, I'd call it passenger vehicles, right? I think we're we're pretty close to being able to say. Um, Looking to see if Bob's going to throw something, but you know, 100%, right? Um, but when it gets to it was a qualified nod, sort of, yes, <laughs> kind of, maybe, uh huh. But when, but seriously, when it when it does come down to, um, you know, we placed an order for electric vehicles. Um, I want to say one to two years ago now, and we're still waiting. And every time we call the dealer, mm -hmm. the the manufacturer in Detroit, um. We can't really get an update on the time of delivery. Uh, I read an article, sent it to you last week mm -hmm. about um, essentially the norm delay is two to three years for delivery of electronic of electric vehicles. And so we just want to get some parameters in place to make sure that um, it won't be viewed as violating this language um, or intent when we have to go out and purchase a fire truck or um, we need to to get some police fleet in while we're waiting for the ones that we ordered several years ago now okay. uh, to arrive. Well, um, in the interest of time, uh, yes, I'm happy to move forward with that sort of shared understanding that there'll be some collaboration and we can 
put it on the May GovOps agenda, perhaps, to see what the current city's plan is versus the Green Fleet plan that was established. And then we can dig into questions like, does it make sense to do some leasing as a stopgap and things like that? Absolutely. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I see Councilmember Trammell and Councilmember Newbill uh, uh, on my screen here. And if we could just move out that way. And so Ms. Trammell and then Dr. Newbill, and then we'll come back to Ms. Holmes. Mr. President, I, I just wanted, after we finished this, I wanted to go back to the capital improvement. There was two things. I didn't really realize the, the year was 2024. So I wanted to go back to those um, two things about the beautification, because I wanted to make a few comments about um, about our meeting from Thursday night, which Bobby Vincent attended. And so I just wanted to make sure I went back there after we finished the other so I could say couple things about it. Thank yes, you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Bill. Ms. Holmes, did you want any comment relative to the next item? Yes, if I could just sure. get clarity to be sure that Ms. Jordan is taking this text amendment off and pushing it to GovOps. I think the way this could be amended would just be, um, you know, uh, if we changed it to a text, well, I don't know. I mean, is it a text amendment if we're saying we're going to collaborate on an SOP for Greenfleet purchasing or? What you may want to do, I mean, if that's our understanding and doing that, working with uh, the administration in good faith, putting it under your purview on GovOps, that allows you to kind of drive that process okay. of finding a standard operating procedure. And if for whatever reason we can't get there, then we can just simply write an ordinance or a resolution that would spell out what you're looking for and not necessarily cover it under underneath the text amendment. Okay. That might be a better way. Or since these funds are not going to be, you know, released until July 1, you know, it could be um, Green Freak plan or vehicle, capital vehicle replacement will follow a SOP developed in GovOps with collaboration with administration on implementing the green fleet plan i i think your 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 biggest bang for the buck literally would be help drive the sop process okay and have them come back with a process by which we implement that and make it a praxis uh, moving forward and then we can see how it impacts the budget for fy25 and beyond but okay. minus that sop you, you're gonna that that that's something that the law always say, not that it's a negative thing, not that it, not that they're trying to get around the issue of it. But I believe if you are able to help drive the SOP process, we can get down that road and accomplish what you're kind of looking for. Okay. So if, if I'm misspeaking, Mr. Saunders, please let me know. All right. So to Ms. Holmes, uh, what she's looking for is to, to, to strike this off and then just make a note, Ms. Holmes, whoever's assigned to GovOps uh, with uh, 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 Councilor Jordan that help, you know, walk through that process and make sure that gets on their calendar sooner than later. So I just want to say I'm not looking to strike it off, um, but I'm looking for the clarity around that. And so that's what I'm hearing is that it's a strike through and that we will go through that process. But I'm looking at you and 
I just <laughs> back through you, Mr. Jones. Because there are things that have we've actually had up there that didn't happen. So, um, but I mean, it's memorialized in this. I mean, it just updated to what we have discussed and then strike through it. But I just would like it actually in the documents that come out of these work sessions as the result. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I think we're now on to the next one. Yes, ma'am. And that is with regards to the 5% increase for um, the retiree bonus pay, which previously was a, a budget amendment, um, but had been some discussion around using unallocated revenue surplus um, at the end of FY23, which rolls back up into the conversation you previously were having around developing a surplus policy. But I'm going to pause and through you, Mr. Chair, have um, Dr. Newville. Sure. Thank you, uh, Ms. Holmes. And I'll uh, ask uh, Mr. Saunders to join. But uh, the discussion, follow-up discussion we had, is that um, the 5% uh, bonus for retirees, that's roughly equivalent to 3.5, uh, rather than being taken from a line item, we would look at the FY23 surplus and that a paper would be introduced to that extent. Um, that's different than the change in the surplus policy, which still, you know, is something we'll look at. But that's what I'm looking at in terms of our consideration of our past employees and the um, consideration for compensation. Uh, administration um, agrees. We'll we'll work with uh, council and obviously budget and finance will work um, to bring it forward. I think um, as we have done in years past, uh, such as last year when we funded the rebate prior to the surplus policy applying, we would look at this as being something that was done first before applying the surplus policy. I think adopting it, we may need to do that as a either appropriation before or um, a paper authorizing that prior to the end of the fiscal year. Again, we have to uh, confirm our spending plan prior to the end of the fiscal year. Otherwise, the surplus policy is what applies. And so um, we'll bring that forward for council approval prior to uh, the end of the fiscal year. Thank you. You may as well stay for the next item, Mr. Saunders. I just wonder if it's just is this just leg day where he just wants to get, get, get up and get down out of his chair. Um, yes, ma'am. Ms. Holmes, and we had, I met with administration and our council, our council chief of staff uh, about both of these items. Um, the next item pertain to RBHA, but there's a broader discussion to be had because there are other entities that are in that same designation, if you will, as quasi-governmental uh, and or that there is some legal requirement in terms of our um, matching, contributing to, et cetera, and the administration agreed to. Um. So, uh, as you all are aware, in our non-departmental budget, there are a number of different classifications between um, intergovernmental, um, operational subsidies, and charitable 
uh, groups, et cetera. So we will look at any of the non-departmental lines that um, are tied to where we have, uh, whether it's a contractual or a um, state obligation to fund uh, and, and look at possibly carving them out for the next budget as a separate section or a section within the non-departmental. Um, I believe there was some discussion about them not being in non-departmental and being in a department budget. Um, I do believe that we're still um, pretty solidly on that. Non-departmental is the right uh, classification, but we can get our subgrouping to be even more clear for uh, the next budget. Uh, Mr. Saunders, and maybe I confused it, I have never thought, if I conveyed, I'd like to say, I was not thinking they would go into a department budget, but a line item within our... The, um, the, the non-departmental budget so is the place for that line item. That could be after we do the review that you've just talked about for all approximately six of them. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so those are all of the proposed tax amendments before you. I think if we could go back through the list and make sure that I've captured, my team has captured everything that is moving forward or requires additional or different language. Um, so I'm just going to flip back one. Excuse um, me. Oh, I'm sorry. Through the chair. Mr. Emma. Have we already finished with this? Remember, I said I wanted to go. No, no, once, once we finish this portion right here, We'll go back to uh, CIP. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so the first one, again, the language on the screen is not the language that should be included. This one was with regards to the public defenders. Um, I believe we said we were going to hold on to that one um, and do it in a different way through a budget amendment later um, in the once we find out what happens through the state. The second one, the third one, and the fourth one are moving forward accordingly. Um, Ms. Robertson has identified where on um, the line item we should be looking to search for the second one um, out of here. Um, this next one has been rolled into a double um, opportunity through Ms. Nye. Sorry, I went too far. Um, and I think there was some concern about doing a surplus um, policy um, review before the July first deadline, um, some type of opportunity to do that um, in a budget work session um, additionally before July 1st for the surplus policy. Um, however, I don't know that I fully understand um, if we're doing this one or moving this one forward um, or if you have consensus on how you want to do it and it incorporates two different items. By saying that, that would officially switch it from being a text amendment the way I understand it into developing a new surplus policy, correct? Keeping score at home, the old baseball guys. And I can actually just restate it one more time to make sure I heard it. Sorry, we were having a side conversation. No, no, no problem. We're, we're trying to, we know that uh, line two, three, and four, those are moving forward. The fifth, uh, which deals with the matter of surplus policy, that we have until June 30th to figure out and move through. That would that would mean that this item right here that President or Vice President Nye has brought forward would be would not move forward in this process, but be addressed in a separate ordinance or paper 
as it relates to how we redefine or define our surplus policy. And and I'll, I'll just look at everyone for, am I making sense with that? She has her hand up, I think. Uh, Vice President Nye. Thank you, President Jones. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, I'm fine to work on the surplus policy separately, but I believe this amendment can move forward as is and we can work on the policy as a separate issue. But if it were to go forward in this text amendment, it is then trying to over or supersede an existing ordinance that we have that lays out our current surplus policy, correct? And that is, well, and, and I'm looking over to our city attorneys at this point. I'm just trying to understand just from a matter of procedure how we get there. Um, I, I think that my office, we need to discuss this um, with Ms. Nye and Ms. Holmes because we do have some concerns about whether it's appropriate as a tax amendment or not. And so we need to flush that out and give you a better response. Ms. Nye, then we're going to go to Dr. Newbill. Are you, you wanted to speak to this as well? All right. So Ms. Nye, then back to, then we'll go to uh, Dr. Newbill. Um, I'm, I'm fine to meet with the city attorney and Ms. Holmes if, if that's the appropriate next step. I just then I would I would like to get consensus on this item and then meet offline to discuss the logistics of it later. That's that's what's preferred because this is our last budget session that we have on the books. Yes, thank you, President Jones. And I just want to be clear that this amendment in no way would supersede the uh, allocation of the FY23 surplus funds to the tune of 5% or approximately $3.5 million for a bonus for the retirees. I'm sorry, are you well, speaking this, towards the one the, that we're talking agree, about or are you yeah, switching yes, gears to something yeah, else? I'm not, if I read this correctly, it says the first 10% of FY23 budget surplus dollars would be utilized for these purposes. And I am asking that we uh, look at those surplus dollars, FY23, and that actually the first 5%, if you will, uh, or 3.5 million would be utilized as a one-time bonus for retirees. Uh, the other items, uh, OPEB, and those are priorities. I have no problem. They collect no problem, but they don't queue up before for me. And so you're speaking directly to your text amendment versus we're discussing it Vice is President the, th these are the same dollars. This is FY23 budget surplus dollars and how they would be utilized. If, if I understand it, correct. I'm sorry. And, and if, Mr. Saunders, if, I, I need y'all to come on in the fine. If and, I understand correctly, you're asking about the prioritization between the two 
of yeah. them. Which if one we're is talking about the same pot of dollars, which mm -hmm. are FY23 surplus dollars, and that's my understanding, then um, I am asking that the queue up, if you will, is the bonus of 5% or approximately 3.5 million for retirees. OPEB certainly is a priority. And then um, collective bar, I have no problem with those additional items. I am just asking if that is the same pot of dollars that the first up would be the 5% bonus. The only way that I can comfort, confidently answer in the affirmative is to say that we this is why we need to look at this holistically as a change to our surplus policy. Um, if I if we have competing language in text amendments in the budget, I can't give you confidence. And again, I'm looking at the city attorney's office. I'm not sure that we can do an appropriation like this through a text amendment in in the in the budget. I think what's clear is council's wish to look at how to fund this series of um, bonuses, retiree bonuses, um, OPEB liability, collective bargaining costs that can be justified as one-time expenses, uh, and to and that they would be included in what we looked at bringing forward for the reform and surplus policy. But um, I can't answer your question in the affirmative if if this does become competing language in how surplus is applied. All my only question is: this the same pot of dollars? And that would appear to be the case at the FY23 surplus dollars that we're talking about in both instances. Well, I guess, yes. I, I guess, Ms. Yeah, okay. yes, that's, that's all. Those, President those, Jones. Oh, hold on, hold on, Doc, uh, uh, Vice President. I, hold on. So just so we all understand and are clear. Vice President Nye's text amendment and Dr. Newbill's text amendment is asking for the same consideration out of the surplus. And so anything that we would opine on Vice President Nye's would by default apply to Dr. Newbill's. If we're saying that, you know, that we already have a, a process by which we apply surplus dollars, 50, 40, 10, Dr. Newbills would look to, in, in essence, challenge that as would Vice President Nyes. And if this were Sunday, I would say, let the church say amen if they're in agreement, but this is not church. But so, so are we not understanding that? Is that the wrong way to interpret that? I see you shaking your head. Yeah, I one a point of clarification because that you're saying 10 if i understand correctly from council uh, vice president nye she's talking about how the fy23 budget surplus dollars get expended not our policy in this moment which we're talking about reviewing and possibly changing it is that same pot of dollars once it's available and we know what it is she's saying first up for her um, earmark the first 10% for OPEB and then the next in that category. She's not, that's not the policy. That's what she's proposing for the surplus dollars, if I understand correctly, and feel free to correct me if that's not the case. 
What I would be proposing, and I'm not opposed to those items, I am just saying I would put on the table that the first stop for those surplus dollars would be the 5% bonus for retirees up to approximately 3.5. And still we can do the policy review, which might change percents, but that's not, we're talking two different things. But with this pot of money, what vice president is proposing is different than as first up than what I'm proposing, which if I understand correctly, but feel free to, if I've misunderstood it. So I think it's a both and conversation. I think what you've presented is a way forward if the policy is not being reviewed. But what I heard from your colleagues was that they wanted to review the policy with any surplus, any request of surplus funding before making decisions about the surplus funding. So I think I don't know if that's the case or not. Is that true? Make recommendation. Can I, President Jones? Can I please? Yeah, yes, Vice President Newbill, and then uh, I'm sorry, Vice President Nye, and then Mr. Saunders. Okay, thank you. So, um, just to speak to some of the comments, and that we can't do this. We have done this before, and um, we what we have said is we're going to take this off the top of the fund balance, this off the top of the fund balance, and then we are going to follow the fund bond fund balance policy after those things have been taken off the top. Um, I can't remember what fiscal year it was, but I specifically remember doing it since I've been on council. Um, so I think we're getting this whole rewriting of the policy all jumbled up in my amendment and Dr. Newbell's amendment. I think we can do both of these amendments um, and I'm happy to work with Dr. Newbell on it. The 10% language that I put in there is related to the fund balance, and it's just saying that's kind of the top part of it, um, but I can rework that and we can um, even combine Dr. Newell's amendment with the, the other amendment so that it's all succinct and we can pr pr prioritize them, however, you know, is the will of council. Mr. President, I just wanted to make a, a recommendation that may not be 100% consistent with what Vice President and I just recommended, um, but I'll still put it forward, is, which is um, I would recommend that the text amendment speak to asking the administration and or a collaboration administration and council to bring forward a surplus policy revision that incorporates these elements. Um, that way, Council can get directive to to establish the policy. Uh, we can bring that forward and have it approved prior to July 1st. And um, before the end of the fiscal year, council council would have the picture of how we would recommend meeting these these various needs. Um, I do think that the little bit of the combining with some of the hard figures like the 3.5 million for the retiree versus the percentage for collective bargaining, let's say. Um, is where it's getting a little confusing because in some cases it does sound like we are talking about a designation prior to declaring surplus mm -hmm. and in some places we're talking about how to use the declared surplus and so um, uh, I do think there's 
there's room for uh, you know the text amendment to provide clarity that this will happen coming forward, but also um, not write the ordinance in the text amendment. Ms. Lambert and then Dr. Newbill. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I'm just going back off what our city attorney said earlier. Um, they still need to hash this out to make it clear. Um, can we do that so that we can come back and decide on this amendment? I'm just trying to get clarification because it just seems that the city attorney's office needed more time or to discuss to make sure. I know this is part of your um, first week on the job, but um, just so everyone can have um, some clarification on this. Thank you, uh, President Jones. And um, so first I'd like to say um, would be more than amenable to um, working with Vice President Nye relative to amendment. For me, these are, there are two distinct components to this discussion. One is simply FY23 surplus and how we would utilize those dollars or some of those dollars. Then the other is, is a surplus policy that we already have in place that we might look to amend based on priorities. And so I am looking at I wasn't talking about waiting until the policy got changed. I was talking about once we have those dollars in hand surplus that uh, that 5% would come out of there. And given that this, so make a long story short, I am uh, more than happy to have conversation with Vice President Nye, the administration and city attorney uh, so that we can see if we can get to uh, an agreement um, but for me, it is still about the surplus dollar pot that we will have, FY23, not the, getting into the policy component at this point. So I'm still not 100% clear, but I'm going <laughs> to regurgitate what I think I heard um, from Ms. N uh, Vice President Nye and Dr. Newville um, is that standing aside, setting aside the idea of working on the policy um, and then doing a prioritization with conversation with the city attorney's office around the FY23 surplus um, and then applying the policy thereafter while working on the policy, if that makes sense. So that's what I thought I heard from them. There's going to be some work in the background with the city attorney's office, but they were looking to combine the three options that are before you now um, and push that forward as an amendment, if if appropriate, as determined by the city attorney. And then in the interim, there is some conversation around the policy and how to best um, move forward in, the, in de developing a new policy. Ms. Nye, is there anything else you want to say? And Dr. Newbill, we'll come back to you. Um, no, that all sounds good. Happy to work with Dr. Newbill. Happy, happy to work with the city attorney and just um, figure out a pathway forward. Dr. Newbill? I did a. Right. Okay, so I understood. Okay. All right. So then the next one is the fleet purchases to which 
I feel my understanding, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the way forward is we would be writing a text amendment that identifies that there would be an SOP um, process put in place to help prioritize this, and that would happen in GovOps. I think where we landed was that this was you're going to strike through this amendment, but you're going to add some commentary so that people could come back and be able to read what was discussed and agreed upon between administration and council. And then so the the text that would be added underneath the strike through amendment would be um, council will work with administration on SOP for Green Fleet to be um, discussed at and it, that collaboration initiated at the May government. Uh, government operations meeting um, with prioritizing the establishment of it prior to July 1. Thank you. Awesome. So no amendment there, strike through and additional comments. And the last one, Dr. Newbill, um, through Mr. Jones, just want to be sure that I understand this correctly. This one is also a strike through, but with comments relative, am I misunderstanding that? You're no, it is not strike through. It is agreement that the administration, Mr. Saunders, would have go back and take review and look at whether or not there was a subcategory within non-D or for these six kind of entities or whatever and bring back recommendation. But that we would take a look at it. Um, I would recommend that we, we just rework this a little bit to say that council will request administration review the appropriate placement of RBHA within the city's budget. Um, and are you fine with that, Dr. Dr. Newbill? I am fine with that, except I would also, if since we're looking at RBHA, that we look at similar entities. And so there are approximately six of them. So we're not back and forth that when Mr. Saunders takes a look, he looks at RBHA, RAA, RRHA, GRT, all of them, and make that recommendation back. So I'm fine with what he has stated, but that we would look at all similar entities and make that determination. So you're asking that he would look at those six entities, not just the That's one. correct. All right. Not just yet. One last thing. I would like to go back. That's I and I would like to go back in respects to um, Council Member Trammell and the question that she had as it relates to CIP. Thank you. Um, Lincoln, I wanted to, I want to say that um, this past Thursday night, Bobby Vincent attended our Ape District meeting and he gave a good report, you know, on different things. Got the group um, engaged to start cleaning up now and to try to help with their neighborhoods because, like he said, there's over 232,000 citizens in Richmond. There's only, uh, you know, so many in public works that can do everything and public utilities that try to work together. Um, so many people called me over the weekend to try to get his number so they could try to get the cleanup supplies and stuff like that so they can, I mean, even I had Mr. Pope call me this morning. He's been over there at Mary Mashore Playground cleaning up all the needles and the different things that are left over there in that playground. So I just want to say 
let Bobby know that people heard him loud and clear. He wasn't mean. He just basically said, you got to do your part and help. All of us do. So appreciate thank that. you, Bobby, because like I said, I, I really, really appreciate you getting us on the ball to start cleaning up our communities and taking back our neighborhoods. Also, a lot of people said it's the businesses on the Jefferson Davis Corridor, Richmond Highway, Broad Rock, um, Hall Street that are not taking care of their properties. And they said back in the day, the city would go out there and cite them if they didn't pick up the trash or, you know, there's beer bottles, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, around these businesses. I just got a, a text earlier from a motel owner that the homeless people have piled up all kinds of trash behind his um, motel on Jefferson Highway, the deluxe motel, just sent that to the captain. But when you look on here and, and you know that we're trying to clean up the neighborhoods and things like that, but if we don't have the trash cans or we don't have beautification and stuff like that, then what's an incentive for them or even the business owners that so you all are not doing your part to even help us with the daggone trash can? Well, they walk away. We'll fix it so they don't get up and move away anymore. And then this says 2024, but we want to do something now to bring, let the business people know that we 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 care about that corridor, you know, no matter if it's the Jefferson Davis, um, Broad Rock, um, Hall Street, in that area. I think, uh, I hope that what um, is reflected is that it would be fiscal year 24 will start in July. And so I hope that that's part of it there, but some of it may be pushed to calendar year 24, but um, on the beautification front, what um, we've suggested is we're looking forward to partnering um, from an operational side with making sure we, we get uh, the beautification projects underway and work on community cleanups, et cetera. But I'll let Bobby add anything he Thank wants. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, um, Council, Mr. President. Um, yes, so with regards to the Jeff Davis um, cleanup, we have been working with um, our sister agency um, in terms of planning and, and code enforcement in terms of um, providing citations as well as doing cleanups. Thank you for the um, kind words with regards to the neighborhood cleanups. That is something that um, the Department of Public Works is pushing. Um, however, with regards to Jeff Davis Highway, um, that is a part of a project that we have coming up where we have about, I think it's about 17 projects citywide and the Richmond Highway um, is included in that um, project. It's not a part of this particular um, budget here, but it is a part of our current um, existing um, funds that we're going to be looking at in terms of um, spearheading some trash cans, some cleanup, as well as some other beautification um, along Jeff Davis Highway. Thank so you. something should be happening uh, within actually this calendar year um, as it pertains um, to that. So it's not going to be a part of fiscal year 24 as much as it's going to be a part of this calendar year. Thank you, Bobby, because I just got this and it was talking about Walmsley and Belmont, you know, um, about some cleanups or um, I guess replacement of the banners. I don't know. What yeah, better replacement to be something that we'll be wind up um, so doing as well citywide. Did you? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. But so many people hollering and screaming about that roundabout. They want that roundabout removed. Yeah, that's probably it's, not going to It is a problem. It's yeah. so many accidents, and I mean, it's it's just it's awful. Yeah. But thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you, Lincoln. Oh, and we had other good speakers too, but we're on this right now, so I just wanted to 
give Bobby the praise for this. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Trammell. Councilmember Trammell, are you fine from a CIP standpoint then? Yeah, because I the, I believe I believe they'll work with us because so many 132 citizens were there Thursday night and after Bobby and him left, they had me in the parking lot like another 40 minutes talking about how do they get to clean up stuff and they are grateful because some of them did not even know that it was free, that the pickers and the gloves and the vests and the um, bags were free. They thought they had to pay for them. They just didn't know where to go, Lincoln, to get them. And I know that during Easter holiday, I think Bobby had some of the things delivered to some of the people. Now, Mr. Chairman, I will add that I, I hope that one of our early phases with the new neighborhood services staff that we look to add would be being able to support neighborhoods so they have a, a point of contact. Uh, not that Mr. Benson isn't responsive, but he's got a lot to manage. So giving them a point of contact that is um, someone on our team will will go a long way. So, but they wouldn't, they would not, I kept telling them, they do not come to City Hall to Public Works to get it. They have to go over there. I think it's um, off of Mari Street. It's yeah, over we'll, there where Darling. We'll work to make sure we can clearly communicate the process for, for getting access to those supplies. Thank you, because I got their names and their numbers and I can call them back this week because they want to start in the next two weeks cleaning up McGuire. But between the next two weeks, we'll, we'll that will we'll continue to work through Public Works, but I just, and throwing Thank it out there as a vision for the future to have some easy contacts for neighborhoods to get the support they need. Thank you. All right. You're fine. All right. Um, I think that is all the business that is before us. You have one more item. Timing. Timing. Let's go with timing. So every time Lincoln comes up, he moves the mic up much higher than I am tall. Um, so that being said, we are here today. We thought that this would be where we would finalize the budget amendments for uh, FY24. We are 90% of the way there. Um, and I would just want to reiterate that we've done the general operating where we have found consensus. The information is now moved through my staff and with the assistance of the administration through to the city attorney's office for review and updates to be able to introduce them. For the CIP, which is where I actually to just put a pin and come back and talk about this here, um, is that we have um, consensus to move forward contingent on receiving the um, delineated, more detailed information from um, the administration. My recommendation would be to put forward a date and time in which you would like to have that back um, so that that can get to the city attorney's office as well um, to finalize the introduction of those proposed budget amendments for CIP. The final component of that are text amendments that we just went through. I think there's one conversation that needs to be had um, to be able to finalize that, and that's with the city attorney's office. Otherwise, I think we're ready to go to provide them the details that they need in order to finalize the amendments when it comes to text amendments. That being said, we trying to stick with our streamlined calendar that we put together very early on in this process. Monday, April 24th was when we were hoping to introduce those final budget amendments. Um, there has been some conversation about potentially moving that to Monday, May 1st, given some of the challenges with schedules um, and schedules internally with staff as well as schedules with you all. Um, so just want to highlight that um, that is not currently on the um, agenda in terms of time um, as we have laid it out, but that is an opportunity. It still keeps us on track with where we were going, but with some of these conversations 
One, the fact that we still need the delineated um, information from the administration, as well as finalizing the text amendments. It's looking like May 1st may be the place to go. So I wanted to just put that out there. I also, there are some scheduling issues with May 1st as well. So as we proceed, wanted some direction and guidance um, on how to move forward with this. And just keep in mind as well on May 1st, we have several members that are out uh, for that day. Because I know we need to look at quorum for OD that evening as well. Correct. My understanding from the city attorney's office is that they can work um, should we finalize today um, and they can work and potentially be able to push the forward for April 24th. But we have some outstanding issues that impact being able to get things done by today. So she had a question on how many votes we would need as it relates to budget items, things of that nature. So. Are you looking for me to answer the question? Or you just were, okay. You want me to repeat what I said? Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> so according to my understanding, the city attorney's office can work today. Today was the deadline to be able to get to April 24th to finalize everything pending we had everything in order. Um, being as we don't have the administration's responses and we still have to have a conversation around um, the surplus dollars and pulling that together, um, we would not necessarily be meeting that deadline. And so Monday, April 24th may be hard to adhere to in terms of introducing um, the amendment. So, and then Monday, May 1st seems like a issue as well, considering that there will be multiple council members that have a conflict. If you're just introducing, you have quorum, we're fine, correct? Correct? Because you, we wouldn't be acting on anything. You would just need quorum to actually to, to introduce. I'm looking at the city attorneys. I'm looking at them for guidance and support through. So we would just need, we would just need the, the five individuals that RN to be in and Vice President and I will uh, run the meeting OD on that day. So as long as long as we're fine from that standpoint, we're okay for the first. For May 1st, which gives the attorneys additional time to be able to finalize. Okay. So will we be looking to um, cancel April 24th? Yeah, I don't see a need for, for us to meet on the 24th just for meeting's sake if there's nothing that we can actually do no business for us to handle i recommend or i would at least suggest that we cancel the 24th and then just push towards the first this is just head nods from those present just we're fine with that okay the 24th is a council meeting it's a formal meeting so we wouldn't be introducing the amendments. Let's be clear. Introducing the amendments. Yes, yes, ma'am. So that's what I meant from that standpoint. Meeting for that particular purpose. But yes, we will be there for that evening. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so we're, we're fine. Good. So we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Just punch drunk. Uh, so there will be no introduction or anything on the 24th. We will push towards the first for that. Next time we will convene 
as a body will be for our Monday, April 24th council meeting, 6 o'clock p.m. And my final request is to provide a deadline on the information back so you have an opportunity to review it. So Say that, that one more time. The information back from administration so that you all have an opportunity to review it so we can move forward with the CIP amendments based on the consensus. And you're looking for an exact time back from them or? I would recommend that you do so that we're not back here on May 1st without having received it. Mr. Saunders, when could you get that to us or when could we expect that? I think we can get it back, close the business tomorrow. We're just dealing with massaging the descriptions on the, the capital items. And so shouldn't shouldn't take much more time. Okay, that brings us where we need to be. Um, and so that's all of my entire presentation. Thank you for your time. And I will sit down if you allow me to. That sounds like an adjournment. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, we will call this meeting adjourned. Thank you, everyone.